Joseph Kramer began to weep at a ceremony in Tel Aviv in 1972. It was a ceremony where a scroll of the Torah was being dedicated in memory of his son, a 16-month-old boy who had died some 31 years earlier. You see, Joseph Kramer had been a member, a native of Latvia. He had grown up there. He had lived there his whole life. But he was a Jew. And on a night in 1941, when the Nazis invaded, he knew that he had to do something. Knowing what had happened in other countries as the Nazis had invaded there, what would happen to him as a Jew, he had built a secret bunker underneath his house. That night in 1941, he and 45 others gathered in that bunker, sealed the door, and remained silent for fear of the Nazis. Well, his 16-month-old son, David, was frightened by the noise of the tanks and the war machines coming into their city. And he cried, and he cried so much that he became hysterical. And they couldn't do anything to comfort him or to stop him. Surely the Nazis were going to find them if they couldn't silence this child. So Joseph Kramer did what he had to do that night. He took his hand and put it over his son's mouth and nose and suffocated him. On that day in Tel Aviv when they dedicated that scroll, all 45 of those people who had been in that bunker with him on that night were there. Every one of them had escaped, had been saved because of the sacrifice that Joseph Kramer had made that night of his son. But Joseph Kramer could not be comforted that day. You know, if we look in the chapters of Scripture, we look in Genesis, we see another father who was asked to sacrifice his only son. His son, which was the son of promise, to fulfill the promise that God had made to him that through him all nations would be blessed. And so Abraham was told to take his son, his only son Isaac, and to offer him as a sacrifice. You know, we look at that story, it takes maybe about half a page in Genesis. It seems very matter-of-fact. It doesn't seem nearly as emotional as Joseph Kramer's story. And yet I wonder, as they approached Mount Moriah, what went through Abraham's mind. I wonder, as he had to prepare the altar, as he had to take his son and bind his hands and his feet and to lay him on that altar, as he took the knife in his hand and raised it up, did he glance at that moment at his son's face, remembering the words that Isaac had said, Father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And responding, God will provide the lamb, my son. I doubt that Abraham in that moment ever forgot that look, ever forgot those words, ever forgot what took place that day at that altar, just like Joseph Kramer never forgot. And outside of a hill called Golgotha, on an afternoon, a Friday afternoon before Passover, another father was poised to kill his own son. 
Only Jesus didn't have to ask his father, Father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? He knew that he was the lamb. You see, the Scriptures tell us that even before the foundation of the world, even before God spoke, let there be light, and created all that we see and all that we know, somewhere in the Godhead, the decision was made that a sacrifice for sin that had not even occurred yet would have to take place. And the Son willingly said that He was the one who would offer that sacrifice for sin. And so there were patterns through the Old Testament. Pictures of what was to come that day outside Jerusalem. Thousands upon thousands of sacrifices made again and again and again for sin. Each one only lasting for a moment. Each one not removing that stain of sin. Each one costing the life of an animal. The shedding of blood, it was required in order to take away sin. Jesus knew what was to come this day. He knew it when he prayed in the garden that night. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. He told his disciples, I am in anguish to the point of death. The stress of what was going to happen to him as the sacrifice for sin was so great that the writers tell us that he sweat drops of blood. Jesus knew what it was going to cost him to take away the sin of the world. To be, as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All those sacrifices before could not suffice. And like the words of the hymn, they say this, Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the stain. But Christ, the heavenly Lamb, takes all our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. And so Jesus became that lamb, that sacrifice, that final lamb for you and me. That his richer blood was the blood that would be shed to make our consciences clean. That his blood would flow out from the cross after he had given up his spirit, mixed with water as John testified that he saw it, his testimony was true, and that water would flow into baptismal fonts ever since. In a place where we are taken into that water, where we die a little death, as Paul says, bound to Jesus in his death, but raised to life again because of his sacrifice. Forgiven and clean and white and holy and pure, all because of the blood of this sacrifice, Jesus Christ our Lord. A father sacrificed his son. Our father sacrificed his son in order that every one of us would never know the separation that he felt on the cross that day for our sin. He sacrificed him that it would be the end of sacrifices forever for all the world. Jesus had said that. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus would be that final sacrifice. All the blood that had flowed before could never wash away the stain that Jesus' blood would remove forever from you and from me. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has had mercy on us and we are forgiven and we are free because of that sacrifice. Amen.